0: I've been going down this deep journey of realizing that America is not an equal opportunity land. It's not a meritocracy for sure. And that that reality, you know, as a white man, that reality um, wasn't apparent to me. And what we've learned actually is that uh, what we need to do is get employers to invest in creating talent. That is our business now. Welcome
1: to 14 minutes of SAS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale ups. In this episode, I chat with Ryan Carson, co-founder and CEO of Treehouse, based in Portland, Oregon, in the United States. Ryan's company is an online technology school that guides students from zero to job ready for the tech industry in just six to 12 months. They help the likes of Google, Amazon, and Microsoft identify and retrain people with the potential to be strong developers and coders. Ryan's also intensely focused on equality of opportunity, and this interview took place in New Orleans in Collision 2018. It's part one of a three-part mini-series. I'm here in Collision in downtown New Orleans with Ryan Carson, CEO and founder at Treehouse, an online technology school that guides people to be job ready in technical roles like web design, web dev, and even coding in a time span of just six to 12 months. Great to have you here. It's good to
0: be here. Thank you. Great. Um, tell me a little bit about your background and where you come from, Ryan. Yeah, sure. So I uh, grew up in Colorado in America um, and uh, was lucky to have a wonderful family. You know. Uh, parents were married, you know, they loved us kids, we were well taken care of, um, and that's one of those big things now I'm realizing how, uh, how amazing that is that I had that foundation, you know, went to a good school, um, and then parents said, go to college, and we'll pay for it. So it was really privileged and, and lucky, and studied computer science. And, um, you know, I just, this was 96, Um, and the internet was starting to happen and it was clear something was going you know to happen with a number of jobs and thought okay coding or computers let's do that so studied computer science um, was kinda baffled that most of what I learned was you know theoretical and and (laughs) not really practical at all but got the degree and then I got my first job uh, and I moved to England and uh, I kinda just thought you know I don't know what I don't know and I've lived in Colorado my whole life, so I'm just going to throw myself in a foreign environment where I don't know anybody, and let's see what happens. We in London? Uh, no, really, I went to Cambridge, um, and that was just because I hired a recruiter, and he got me a job in Cambridge, and I thought, oh, well, that's pretty there, so let's go. And you know, getting thrown into a world where you don't know anybody um, really does test your worldview. Um, so that was challenging, but but good. Um, and then that, that, that seed was planted of I got my first job and I didn't do anything that I, I had learned in my college degree. It was just totally disconnected. And I often liken it to, you know, getting an electrical engineering degree, but then becoming an electrician. You know, they're different. And I just, it bothered me. I thought something's really inefficient about this whole thing. And I'm lucky because I don't have student debt and, you know, I have this fancy degree, but. But boy, there's gotta be millions of people that are getting screwed by this system. It's just not working. And I'm not anti-college, I'm just pro-person. And so that's where the seed of Treehouse was planted uh, at that moment. And uh, then, you know, we'll talk about this more, but fast forward 10 years, I decided to start a company to try to fix it.
1: Fantastic. Uh, it's great to hear you actually say that you're lucky, uh, mm. because so many people, of course, succeed and they say, "Well, nobody ever gave me anything," and oh, it's, it's often not true. And no. uh, it's great to hear that humble uh, uh, to, to hear people say that, because 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 uh, you know we are lucky, right?
0: Uh, and uh, very very lucky. It's just a question of recognizing it, and it's a, it's truth. You know, it's not even humility. It's just truth. You know, yeah. and I've been going down this deep journey of realizing that. E- America is not an equal opportunity land. You know, it's there's there isn't, you know, it's not a meritocracy for sure. And that that reality, you know, as a white man, that reality um, wasn't apparent to me because I'm able to live in this in this bubble where uh, I don't have to think about that, yeah. you know, and yeah. I and recently I started to try to you know, uncover that and f- learn more about that. I'm listening to a really great podcast I recommend. It. It's called uh, Seeing White. Wow, and it's, I love to listen to that. It's really good um, it, and it's a 14-part series and anyone, anyone who's white that wants to understand kind of what is whiteness and wh- why does it matter and, and what is it doing to America or the world, it's really great and it won't, you know, it doesn't hammer you over the head and make you feel, um, you know, terrible about being white. It just helps you understand what being white means.
1: Speaking of podcasts, um, have you listened to Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History? Yes, oh my gosh, his ones on schools were mind-blowing. They are, and I mean, I mean, there's problems globally, but I uh, no disrespect, but the problems here are beyond belief terrible. in terms yeah. of the distribution of resources. It's insane, yeah, yeah.
0: It's, not, it's not okay. And I, I was on the bus yesterday with a man who um, is employed by Austria, and he comes to America to basically connect Austrian companies with America and I said you know I lived in, in Europe for you know 12 years in in England um and I really saw the apprenticeship you know system work and I also noticed that you know the majority of folks in Britain uh in Ireland don't go to college like you don't you don't go to college like some people do right but it's I think it's higher in Ireland than Britain but yeah but it's it's uh it's not presumed
1: as it's it's no it's not it's not presumed uh, there is a there's a fair difference but it's not presumed right
0: um yeah yeah, it. And, it, and and I think it leads to a better place. I mean, you have more people earning, you know, uh, wages that can support their family. Yeah. They may not be, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but it's a good family wage, and they have a job, and they don't have student debt. Yes, right. And so we got it. Some, somehow we lost the plot in America that the goal was to go to college because that's how you get opportunity. Yeah. But unfortunately, the cost of colleges went up and they didn't match people with the skills, and so we have this ridiculous skills gap now, and people have gotten degrees and no jobs. And apprenticeship, it turns out, is a great solution that Europeans have been doing for thousands of years, right? Yeah. Uh, So we're really pushing hard on apprenticeship now.
1: Gladwell uh, talks about it being a strong link society where mm. the strongest survive, mm. but but that it's too far on that end of the scale, and that it it really hits home in education, where you've massive resources going into harvard and uh, and right. some of the Ivy League schools, and then you've all these colleges in areas crying out for better there's education no and funding, and there's nothing And And,
0: and the, the the rich universities keep getting richer. I mean, that particular episode was like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars are being pumped into these endowments, and they are now billion-dollar endowments. It's insane. And it's only benefiting the privileged white folks. Yeah. It, it's it is, It's morally reprehensible. Right? I agree with you, it completely. Just, it, it, it makes me angry, you know. And But the neat thing is, is that this can be changed. You know, the system can be altered. Um, but it's a long term uh goal. And I often tell people, I'm prepared to work on this for decades. Well to, that's great. To fix it. Yeah, it,
1: I think it's brilliant what you're doing. Uh it certainly makes uh makes a lot of sense. Um you strike me as, as, as one of life's nice guys, Ryan. Uh, when I was wandering <laughs> around, yeah, you were. When I was wandering around the packed speaker's lounge, uh, I, I couldn't find a place to put my plate down and you kindly offered me a place uh, oh, where try, it was, where it was packed. And uh, yeah, uh, do you feel, because you definitely have that, you can see it, those e- elevated levels of empathy that you have. Do you think that helps you connect better with prospects and customers and candidates,
0: employees, students, Boy. investors? Do you think that really, that human connection has been important for you? It has, and you know, I've been trying to figure out how I got it so I can instill it into my kids, <laughs> you know? Because uh, I just, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how much of it did I learn versus how much of it is genetic? And I think I learned it from my parents. and. So the first thing my, my mom did she said, you have to read How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, wow. Um, you know, and it's kind of like a, if you've never read it, it sounds like a weird kind I've of Marky book. Heard, I've heard of it, but the name, the name did put me off. Right. It's honestly. like, oh, it sounds like some weird system where you, you know, you uh, get the most out of people. but It's not that at all. It, it literally is just, I can sum it up very simply, you know, try to figure out how to help people. And kind of karma comes back and eventually it works out for you. Um, but people are interested in themselves. So just know that and then try to help them. And, uh, and, it, it, and it obviously uh, is effective and it's also a nicer way to live. So I think I've learned um, that having empathy, and this is why it's funny to do podcasts because I just talk the whole time, but it's actually yeah. not in my nature. and you know, I'd be asking you all about you uh, <laughs> normally, but it is very important. Um, And one thing, I don't know if there's any founders listening or CEOs or or people that are thinking about being founders, but one thing I didn't know is that um, I love sales. I always thought sales was dirty. You know, I thought, um, you know, it was something that other people did and I was more gonna solve the problem of getting people jobs, you know? And what we've learned actually is that uh, what we need to do is get employers to invest in creating talent. That is our business now. And so I went out there and, and realized, I'm just gonna have to figure out how to do this. I don't like sales, but I have to learn it as a CEO, founder. And and it turns out, I love it. And it's because uh, I am basically helping people solve a problem. And that is fun. And if you have empathy, you're able to to, to, to connect with people on a very uh, great level. and and you're helping them. So it's actually, you're not selling, you're actually helping someone that wants your solution. So it's very important.
1: I totally agree. I remember a few years ago in Dreamforce, uh, I worked with Salesforce for many years, and it was after I'd worked with them, I, I met this lady uh, who was a bit lost. She was looking for a haul. Turned, her, her name was Melinda Bingham, and she had a company called Academic Innovations, actually, which is mm. uh, looking to empower kids to um, uh, really uh, Understand themselves, develop mm. self-knowledge, and map out a, a sensible path forward, and put their subject before the school, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, and I ended up doing an awful lot of work for them. I found because oh, no you helped yeah. her just because of, just because of that, we got talking, and uh, so I really believe in that sort of uh,
0: that sort of karma that you're it talking does, about. It's real. I mean, why are we doing this podcast right now? It's exactly. because you know mm. we started talking. Uh, I, I always feel like people that aren't connecting with someone at a conference, like maybe it'd just be helpful to say hi to them. Yeah, and so we did that, and you put your plate down, and now I'm on your podcast. It's, fa- so, it's fantastic. No, 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 that wasn't really, my goal. I wasn't. Trying yeah, to do yeah, that. yeah. No, I knew so that. I neat. knew that. It's neat.
1: Um, name a tech trend that excites
0: you at the moment. Ooh, um, I would say um, the the desire to hire a diverse talent. Ah. It, it really, you know, is I'm speaking directly to CEOs and execu- executives about this, and I sense a real um, shift a real, you know, moral obligation, social justice, you know, passion for it, which is exciting. And, so the, t- and the Talent Path initiative is is,
1: is, is your to expression that, right? of that, right? Yeah,
0: so the way that came about was uh, I signed a diversity pledge, and then, um, you know, I believe in diversity, of course I do. And then I had to have a hard look at my own company and say, well, if I believe in that, then why are we primarily white and primarily male Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's something (laughs) that's not right here yeah and either either i'm lying or i'm blind um or i'm not taking action um and i realized it was mostly a blindness issue i i didn't see all of my white privilege yeah and that's why you know i started listening to podcasts like seeing white and reading there's an amazing book called the new jim crow which is about you know the systematic um Uh, mass uh, incarceration of black folks and and what that's doing in america it's pretty crazy brutal stuff and so what we realize is this is a systemic institutional problem so the only way to fix it is with a systemic solution sure and not fix it i mean i'm i'm not a a, you know a um like a a white hero that's going to fix it but yeah as a ceo i realized i could create a solution for other ceos yeah and so what we do is we once we figured out this solution worked for us then we now go to companies and say if you want to hire diverse talent we we did you know a year and a half of work to figure it out and it works wow and we can plug that solution into your company um, and and if you do the work to support it it will actually create diverse talent
1: In the next episode i continue my conversation with ryan and find out about his experiments with four day weeks and having a work environment with no managers and how we evolved Treehouse from a consumer SaaS play to a B2B SaaS business, with clients like Nike and Twitter.
0: It took eight years to do that. So we started off building the best possible product we could to teach people how to code. You know, so launched that in 2010, and we just poured our hearts into it. What happened is, and we kind of were chatting about this yesterday, is I realized that what we could truly do uh, to change people's lives, and Grow Revenue was we could help companies create talent.
1: You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thank you to Ketsu for music provided under a Creative Commons license. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating.